Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Astro Alchemy. I'm Sarah, and I am here with Laura, and we are your hosts for our weekly show where we cover the sun's transit through the current gate in a human design perspective, and also through the gene key um, that uh, switches over every six days. Um, we're also going to touch on, as per usual, the astrological um, transits of the moment and how they kind of all are interrelated and um, co-creating our reality uh, for us. Um, today is Wednesday, November 2nd. We're into November now. Um, we are past Halloween and we are moving through Scorpio season. Um, it is 5.42 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2.42 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this week we're gonna be touching on the 44, Gate 44 and Gene Key 44. And then also some of the larger transits that we're experiencing. We're in the heat of eclipse season. So we're gonna be talking about the eclipses and the way that the eclipse on November 8th, um, you know, the, the kind of archetypal energy of it and then a few other things. Laura, is there anything else that I should add into the intro? No, but I just think it's funny how he stopped trying to pronounce my name correctly. <laughs> That's I'm, okay. I don't, I'm not even pronounced. I'm literally like, I'm not even saying my last name. Um, no, I mean, it's relevant because we've been talking about names and like how to pronounce them in my family. Just fun, fun little side notes for you guys. Because uh, some of my family members can't roll their R's. So already I have a name that my own family members can't pronounce. And so it's like silly when I try to get other people to do it. It just doesn't work. It's okay. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's fun. It's basically just me not wanting to be incorrect, which is not <laughs> what I should be doing as a line three. But, um, you know, maybe by episode 40, we'll be including the, the entirety of it. Um, I did want to say, if you have not already and you like our show, um, and our content, and you like astrology, human design, and the gene keys, we would love if you, um, and we're on your fractal, we would love if you um, liked and or subscribed so that you can follow along weekly with everything that's going on, because this is a timely show, and so every week, um, you know, it, it's it's based on the time frame that we're currently in, so if you're interested, if you're on our fractal, if what we say resonates, feel free to um, subscribe. Uh, other than that, we can get started. Laura, if you want, you can share the human design chart of the moment. Before I do that, I was wondering, what's the card of the day? We Like we say, we're going to bring up cardology and then we don't. Do you know what the card of today is, Sarah? Yeah, it's the it's actually the five of diamonds. So today's oh. five of diamonds and or five of pentacles. Um, and I mean, you know, we can, I mean, if you know Tarot, which Laura does probably better than me, um, the five is a very transformative, dynamic energy. And then diamonds has to do with material. Like, so we're in diamond season, which means that it, the way that cardiology works is that we move from um, like a higher number all the way down to the lower number until we switch suits. So from the first, which is November, uh, November 1st, we're in the six of diamonds, November 2nd, the five of diamonds until we get into November 6th. And by then we switch into club season. So right now we're in diamond season, which has to do with like real material, um, tangible energy. What are you doing um, tangibly? And, um, and how are you inhabiting your body in a tangible way? 
So, so that's diamond season. And then, yeah, the five of diamonds, similar to the five of pentacles, there's a lot of dynamic movement oriented energy. Do you want to say anything about the tarot of that? Well, it's different. I feel like the definitions don't exactly match it, but I was going to say, it's really interesting that our eclipse is not in diamond season. It's in eclipse season. Um, so like we have this little interim of diamonds before we like we move into the majority of the month which is clubs so like you, you can ground yourself before the clips knocks you off your feet um but yeah on the queen of clubs as a matter of fact so, <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah so just so we know um okay well yeah, there's a little, you know, there, I, I actually haven't looked at the Mayan Cosmovision, so I'm not sure what we're in in so far as that, but, um, but yeah. That much more difficult to understand if you're new and you want to get into it, go to cardiology first. It's like much more laid out and easier to like find what day it is rather than the Mayan Cosmovision, but in we'll other slowly, We'll slowly weave things in. Yeah make it a little more juicy and exciting. Mm -hmm. But going back to our regularly scheduled program, uh, let's go into the human design of today. Uh, so <laughs> I have a story. Oh, we're still in. No, we're not. This is not updated. Sorry, one second. It's like we are not in the third line anymore, people. We are in the fourth line of gate 44. And I bring that up with a story, which will probably come later in this video for you guys or audio if you're on Spotify hey Spotify um we're in gate 44 line four today and it's I'm excited that it's a line four day because the line four is all about externalization and getting to community like reaching out to people it's very people oriented it's like the the sec top half of the hexagram if you think of intelligence lesson for you all not intelligence but informative lesson for you all if you think about the six lines of a hexagram you have the three lines on the bottom and the three lines on the top you can divide those six lines into the bottom half and top half trigrams and the first bottom first three trigrams lines of the trigram are very personal they're all about like your individual self what you're focusing on um very me myself and i type of energy versus the fourth fifth and sixth lines are transpersonal they deal with the other though if you're like a four or six you still have a personal destiny karma it's not transpersonal karma that's another thing but four or five six lines of the hexagram deal with the other and when you're looking at this on a human design chart or body graph and you're looking at okay which lines do i have in lines one two three versus four five six four five six focuses well i didn't correct myself four and five focus on can the you chart. actually can you zoom out a little bit on the screen just so that we can um look at the line and okay perfect sorry can, uh can you can keep going about four five six i'm sorry i didn't realize it was so zoomed in um four five look at the other side of the gate so like first three days of gate 44 we were focused on 44 where it's happening in 44 44 is in the spleen fixating on that but when you have the fifth or fourth lines of a gate that automatically puts the focus on the other side of the channel what's missing what's at the other end and so for gate 44 the other end of that is gate 26 in the ego center so four and five kind of fixate on the whole channel and then the sixth line tends to fixate on the entire circuitry and how the individual gate is part of the whole because uh, it wants to see what's next what's the bigger picture let's get an objective bird's eye view um so that's a little fun fact for you right there but if we go to gate 44 it is here did i point to this earlier i'm not sure if i already pointed to it or not it's right here in the splenic center 
reaching towards the ego center, the willpower center, the heart center, it has many names, and gate 26. That whole channel is called the channel of surrender, I believe, yes. And 44 is coming to meet, so we're going to read this little bit to you. The success of any interaction based on the absence of any preconditions, the gate of alertness. And with line four, we have honesty uh, and the sun's in detriment. So we're not going to see the optional exalted, exalted form because um, it's only going to show us the detriment. But the sun in detriment that in extreme situations, in cases of self-sustainment, will expect assistance from forces it has totally rejected. Um, ooh, there is a ghost or is opening on its own. Um, and we're currently in the color one of fear. And so where to begin? As per usual, we're in the splenic center still. This is like the last, that last little bit of focus on the spleen. Because after 44 in the mandala, we move to gate one. And gate one is here in the G center. So this is like the end of splenic season, basically. It's not a thing, but we're going to call it a thing. Hashtag splenic season. Um, and so we're we're going to move out of this type of energy that we've been sitting in for quite a while. Um, 44 is part of tribal circuitry, which I feel like I'm going to probably talk quite a lot about right now because uh, I think it's a very significant um, part of what it means to be within gate 44. But um trying to think of like specific gate 44 bits that I can share. It deals with a sense of smell. Um, it can sell success and smell failure, smell good business deals. Uh, 26 is the gate of the egoist. Uh, it's the teaming power of the great. And so 44 in conjunction with 26, when they're together, it creates this ability to smell who will be successful, who will sell successfully, who will, you know, bring transformation to the tribe uh, or bring resources to the tribe, bring um, a beneficial impact to the tribe. Um, and so 44 is that instinctive awareness because it's sitting in the spleen versus the ego is the willpower, the the actual like motor energy that will be able to do whatever needs to get done for the tribe. 44 smells it out. Um, but tribal circuitry, I feel like is fascinating. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about tribal circuitry in terms of gate gates 50, 27, 59, and 6, those are part of the defense circuit, and they deal with, like, the reproductive circus, sir, reproductive circus, it is the circus, focus, reproductive focus of the tribe, uh, having children, taking care of children, yada, yada, but when it comes to the rest of tribal circuitry, it's called uh, the ego circuit. All the circuits have sub names. This one's defense. I'm pretty sure the rest of the tribal circuit is called the ego circuit, which is interesting because that main ego comes in gate 26. Um, but if you look at the whole, like there are certain responsibilities that each gate has or each channel has within the whole tribe, um, 1949, which is in Aquarius season. So we'll eventually get around to that, but that deals with the bride and groom, uh, with the needs and resources, the principles of the tribe. It's a very religious or spiritual uh, channel, deals with, you know, beliefs to a certain extent or the pressure to believe, the pressure to find God, uh, the pressure to wonder if there is a God and the principles and revolution. And so if there's issues within the tribe, then revolution in 49 is necessary. Um, but revolution only comes about when it is absolutely necessary things like that. And 4037, we deal with bargains, agreements made within the tribe of people having certain responsibilities and roles. 
Um, then there's the last, was it last week? We have 54.32 or the week before. We talked about it recently in the past couple of weeks, um, but that was the channel of transformation. It deals with ambition in 54 and the Merry Maiden. We were in gate 32, which is uh, the channel of change and channel of fear of failure and fear of change. Um, channel of duration, it deals with being able to recognize the pressure for the tribe to better itself. 54 is the ambition energy. So like, let's see if the tribe can improve. Um, 32 also has a sense of smell and it sniffs out who will be good, like who will be good for the tribe, who is the person that we can exalt and put up within the tribe, uh, who is here to be recognized for their ambition. Um, and so with all this circuitry of the tribe, I wanted to bring up that there's, this is like much better planned in my head, but I wanted to bring up, we have like these three main types of circuits within human design, right? Individual, tribal, and collective. And yet there is another type of circuitry that exists within the framework, uh, whether something is a generative channel, a manifesting channel, or a projected channel. All the gates that are connected to the sacral center uh, create generated channels. They generate energy because generation comes from the sacral center. All the gates that are connected to the throat that are directly connected to a motor are manifesting channels. They give us the ability to directly manifest. So part of the tribal circuitry 4521 is a manifesting channel and the other two are 3536 and 1222. You can be a manifester and not have one of these three manifesting channels because you can have a motor connected to a throat through other channels. Um, but these are the three quote unquote manifesting channels. Everything else is projected. And so if we look at how the tribal circuit is set up, we have the one manifesting channel 2145 and the rest is projected. There's no generation, there's no sacral energy is part of this sub-circuit. Um, it's all projection, which requires invitation and recognition. And so that kind of is a part of the 54 that I was saying, ambition has to be recognized. Um, so it's not like you yourself are gonna recognize your own ambition. Say, I wanna go after these things. It has to be called out usually uh, by someone else for you, maybe if it's aligned to you, but for the other lines as well. And so then we get to this, this channel, the 4426. If you look at the emotional solar plexus side, so 1949, uh, 3740 to get to the ego, like all this energy of the tribe has to get filtered through the ego center to get to the throat. We like the way human design is built up is like everything tries to get to the throat. Uh, the root pressure, the root center creates pressure to get to the throat. The head center creates pressure to get to the throat. Everything's trying to get externalized through the throat. And tribal energy does that through 45, which is the king or queen who's like at the top of the entire tribe and basically is the figurehead. Um, but then 21 is the control mechanism that dictates, okay, what gets the figurehead. And this willpower center is kind of like a, a hub of energy that is going to allow these other centers to get externalized. Sorry if I'm like saying this in way too many details, but I think it's fascinating to break down where all this comes from. And so we get to the 4426. It's the energy that has the instinctive awareness, right? Intuitive survival energy. It knows what this tribe needs to survive with 44. And that energy gets filtered to the 26, who is going to be the person who does the work. Uh, 26 being the egoist, it's the teeming power of the great. It's the person who uh, I like to think of it as like Jim in the TV show, The Office. He goofs off and rests a lot of the time, but like he is a good salesman and he knows how to express himself. 
And 26 in and of itself without 44 can be, uh, I mean, we're getting, gonna get to 26 soon because it's in Sagittarius season. Um, so I'll talk about it again in a couple of weeks for you, but it is an energy that likes to rest and have fun and you know relax. And so it's gonna work really hard for a very short concentrated amount of time in order to be able to rest and relax. Um, and so the 44 can sniff that out. And like in an individual, you know, it's the awareness and like feel good energy that comes from the spleen when you sell to like come off as like, yeah, I'm trustworthy. Yeah, I'm going to help you. Yeah, I'm going to be a person that you can rely on to, um, you know, like I'm selling you this thing and you can perceive the value in it because I have that feel good splenic energy. But without the 44, the egoist can be like, here, I'm selling you this thing. And without 44, uh, it's not as trustworthy. Uh, it's, there's no feel-good energy coming from the spleen to say like, here's all the awareness and the intuition that makes this clearly a good deal or not. Um, but so anyways, 44 is that intuitive ability that kind of feeds the ego so that the ego can work with the 21 and get to the throat. Um, but yeah, in and of itself, 44 can smell success or smell uh, different types of things. Um, it's not the stream of taste. It's the stream of, I think, instinct. 20, the, the middle one, the individual circuitry is intuition. I think 32 and 44 are instinct. Um, but in terms of my story, part of what Ross says with this gate 44 is the ability to smell a rat. If you think of a sleazy salesman, you might call him a rat. Earlier today, we were in the third line of gate 44, which has the quality of bumping into things things bump into you. It's a trial and error kind of day. This morning, uh, I was taking out the kitchen scraps to the compost to empty them out. Um, and I opened the compost carefully because there is a puddle of rainwater on top. It rained last night. I didn't want to get splashed with rainwater. So I just barely lifted open the lid and threw in the compost bits and pieces. And what came flying out at me was a little family of rats. And one like actually landed on me and you know, scurried down my leg as I screamed for the whole neighborhood to hear. Um, but I thought Sarah and I often talk about like good for astrology, bad for personal experience things of like when you have a situation and it just like so completely perfectly fits the bill of what's happening astrologically. This was a good for human design example, like smell the rat. I did not smell the rest. They were in the bin smelling the compost, but it's just like the rat energy of to be able to smell a rat and then the third line energy of bumping into things and rats bumping into me so there you go nice little comedic relief uh to throw fun at the universe why not get sprinkled on with rats it's fun um anyways i'm pretty sure that's it for tribal circuitry and gate 44 i'm trying to think if there's anything else relevant to the 44 that i'm missing out um, did not take notes this week, so everything's coming from my right mind, poorly organized memory. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, the success of any interaction is based on the absence of any preconditions. 26 doesn't like preconditions. If you have any expectations that you're laying on the 26 of thinking that they can do this or thinking that they can do that or expecting it to turn out a certain way, 44 is, well, 26 is going to reject it. The way for the 44 to be able to get to the 26, for them two to work happily together is for there to be a clean slate of no expectations for the 26 to be able to do its thing. And so with this energy, the success is based on the lack of preconditions. 
uh, based on being, you know, the spleen is instinctive in the now, it's just spontaneous. And so that energy allows the 26 to function um, in its in its best way. I feel like I'm hyperfixating on the 26 and not the 44 itself. I have the 26, so it's easier for me to focus on the 26. Um, but anyways, this this whole channel allows us to like figure out good business deals to smell what may or may not be potentially successful. Um, so it's good for like the resources of the tribe, the tribe to be able to sustain, sustain itself and survive and take care of all the members, um, comes from this lovely little channel. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> Sarah, is there anything you want to add? Um, A couple things. I just quickly looked at the, um, line companion and the planet in exaltation in this 44.4 is Pluto because it has to do with like the detachment of um, basically the detachment of like, like with the sun in detriment here, it's because like, let's say that, you know, you're doing ABC right now and like someone comes to you and wants to work with you on XYZ. This is literally what Ra says. Um, and you're like, no, I'm doing ABC and you reject them. But like later down the, down the road, you have to be like, actually, you know what? I have decided to do X, Y, Z. And so you have to go back and speak to them, even though you've rejected them. And so that's not something that the sun really likes to do, I assume, which is why it's in detriment. Whereas Pluto can, can have that kind of detached, intense energy, like sorry, I was not into it before. Now I'm into it. Like, this is what I'm going to do now. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then I think it's probably useful to talk about if we're going to talk about the circuitry. Um, maybe we talk about it um, weekly so that people know for each gate, like what circuitry is being activated. Um, I didn't, and I don't know if this is Venus entering the 1.1 and conjoining the south node or if it's the 44 or what, but like one thing I just want to impress is like <clears throat> from a human design perspective, but also from an astrological perspective, like there's like a visceral feeling sometimes when we have transits, it's not for every transit, for everyone, not for every defined center, not for every situation, but like sometimes you can like really see like a seed change in your behavior because of planets moving from one gate to another and defining specific areas of your chart. And like, I just want to, I guess, say, um, as my very experiential self um, has been noticing that I've been feeling so different, just different, you know? And I think it's just an interest. I don't know exactly what is the culprit, if it's the 44, if it's the one what exactly if it's eclipse season but um but it's good to notice where you're getting definition in your chart if indeed you're getting definition in your chart um where you don't typically have it because then you can start to pick up the patterns on when certain things happen like Ra says that he tracked the moon and like when the moon would go into definition or giving him definition in his emotional solar plexus and I think that that, you know, for him, he realized that when he got definition there, he became more emotional. <laughs> and so it's a good, if you, if you want to track the moon or just follow the transits in the foundational transit chart in something like genetic matrix, it can be really interesting to see because I, and, you know, as far as the 44 goes, I just think how interesting it is with a sense of smell and like how, you know, there's this, you know, with the 57, 
um, this is something that he talks about in the Gene Keys, but with the 57, it's more like you can hear it in an intuitive way. Whereas with the 44, you can smell it, but like it's all very splenic and intuitive. And so just thinking about smell and how people who have this gate defined are going to be way more sensitive to smell, generally speaking. And that may inform that it's literally, and we'll get to it when we get to the gene keys, but it's going to change if they're functioning properly, um, the way that they, like Laura was saying, get into business interactions, relationships and the like. And so this is, if you have this, really think about your sense of smell. Uh, I think it would be helpful, your sensitivities, things like that. Um, it could just be an interesting experiment. So that's all I really have to say on the human design part. I'm just going to confirm that. Yeah, my mother has 44 and she has like one of the best senses of smell ever. So like, I, she always asks me like, does this smell funny? I'm like, no, my sense of smell is dead. Like I can hardly smell anything at all ever. Um, but I always go to her, which if you think about survival and why that's important, um, your sense of smell is the first thing to alert you whether or not you should eat a food. Like if a food has gone bad, um, after you eat it, it's too late. Like it's already in your system. That bacteria is, is in you and your body has to fight it off. But your first, your, your first line of defense is your sense of smell. I mean, I guess your eyesight, but that's going to let you know whether something has gone bad and whether or not it's therefore healthy or not healthy for you. And with that line of health, um, there's like correlations between our, our physiology, our anatomy and the human design body graph. And you know, 44 being this sense of smell, but the whole spleen being our uh, our immune system as a whole. Gate 26 is our T cells uh, within our thymus gland that, you know, helps fight off infection and fight off different pathogens that come into our body. And so this is like one of the channels where we have two separate things that work together in our body and they're brought together with this channel. So like perhaps if you have this whole channel, you're just generally healthier um, compared to those people that don't. But uh, there's this connection within your body being able to fight off infection and disease, which I think is interesting. Um, but other than that, so the programming partner, side note for 44 is 24, which is in the Ajna Center. It's in the green triangle at the top. And right now that's creating definition because Pluto is in 61. So we currently have a Kassara brought up uh, more circuitry stuff. We currently have the head center and Ajna center defined for individual circuitry. Uh, 61 is about asking questions in the now moment. Uh, 24 is about obsessing over those questions in the now moment. Um, and it's a channel that will keep repeating the same thing over and over internally until it finally gets clarity for what is the answer. Uh, because it's individual, like I said, sometime in the past couple of weeks, um, there's a pulse to it. Like it'll there's a mutation that happens that allows for change to pass, uh, to, to transpire, trans, I cannot talk today, transpire, that sounds like a weird word right now, uh, transpire, just, it's like one of those words when you read it over and over again, it loses all sense of sound and clarity, um, but anyways, there might be this obsessive compulsive energy in our heads of trying to find clarity about something, and we're going to obsess over it perhaps until like there's the light bulb aha moment that the 24 will have that moment of mutation. And just for reference, when we had the nodes in Sagittarius and Gemini, um, at the beginning of COVID, we had this channel defined by Uranus and Pluto. 
yeah, because Pluto was in 61, then Pluto moved on to 16, then it retrograded back into 61, and Uranus was in 24. So we had a very, very, like, I think it was more than 12 months long transit. Maybe it wasn't for 12 months. It was a very long transit with this energy. And so for a very long time, we had as a collective this obsessive thought thing of like asking ourselves these questions and wondering what's correct and what's incorrect and trying to find some sort of resolution through the mind when you know, obsessing over something doesn't actually bring the mutation. The mutation's chemical. It happens when it's supposed to happen, not by anyone trying to force it to happen. So if you're trying to figure something out, just calm the F down, just take a chill pill. When the mutation is correct, it will come about for you just based on chemistry. You don't have to do anything to force it. It's just like creative energy, but being individual circuitry deals with a level of melancholy. So like if it's stressing you out, don't worry, mutation probably will eventually happen when it's supposed to, and it may lead to some creative thought process. But until then, you know, complexly just going to write it out. Um, but other than that, uh, later down the line, I mean, we have the eclipse next week uh, on November 8th, and that will be in gates one and two. So we're going to touch more on that next week, um, but we'll probably bring it up astrologically ahead of time. But that's where the nodes are right now. And later in the month, uh, the nodes, they move retrograde through the zodiac belt. So their next step after gates one and two, where they are now, will be 44-24. So the theme of this week, 44 and 24, it's going to stick around for a while. And like Sarah said, with especially the nodes, there's this background collective frequency that goes around and it changes pretty viscerally when the nodes shift. Um, Ra has also talked about this, like being in a public space. <laughs> watching the time, watching the clock when the nodes change and noticing an immediate difference in how people are just exuding themselves in public. Uh, it's it's pretty significant because the nodes kind of dictate just like the storylines of everyone in our lives, what they're made up of. Um, and so that's going to happen on November 27th. But just pay attention to the energy of this week right now, your relationship to 44, your relationship to 24, and realize that that's going to be a theme that carries on um, come the end of November for about two and a half months. But other than that, I think that's everything for human. Feeling good? Okay. Uh, we can move on to the gene keys. And so the gene keys themes for this. Come on, computer. Why don't you want to work for this? Uh, the themes for this gene key are interference as the shadow teamwork as the gift and synergy as the city uh, with the sub theme being karmic relationships coming to meet in human design. I mean, well, not human design, but the aging, but also human design. It's part of the code and ring of Illuminati. Uh, we covered that one with 850, which was the fear of responsibility. Programming partners, 24, again, in the Asha Center with the shadow of addiction, gift of invention and city of silence. Um, and the two shadow frequencies of this jinky are distrustfulness and misjudging. And there's a, oopsies, sorry about that. There's another um, website, I don't know what it is, but it talks about the dilemmas of the jinkies. Because when you listen to the audio contemplations, if you do, Richard Rudd does bring up the dilemmas. I noticed that within the textbook, he doesn't necessarily bring up the dilemmas for all of them. And so I'll just bring up the dilemma of the 44th gene key is hierarchy. Um, but yeah, interference, teamwork, and synarchy. Um, I listened to the audio contemplation this week. I didn't read the book. 
oh no, Sarah wants to cover the gene key for us and I'll uh, sprinkle in my opinions and throughout, but Sarah, I want to take it away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've actually read this. I've read this a few different times, um, not least of all because a few different people in my life have the 4426, um, not, and not least of all in that, my mother. Um, and so I've had my own kind of complicated relationship around it because for me, my mom and, and I have the exact same um, channels defined in our chart. So we both have the 3041, we both have the 1156, but only she has the 2644. I don't have either of them. And so I've definitely been in the presence of someone with the 44 and the sense of smell and the intuitive knowing um, that comes with it. And, you know, it's an, it's a really interesting energy because I've seen it play out kind of all different ways, the 44. And when I first saw that 44 had the shadow of interference, I just found that to be so interesting because at least for her, my mom's like very deeply not self. Like interference has been the keynote of our relationship in a sense, because she's never really been able to um, hold space for the people in her life to be what they are without her trying to get them to be what she wants them to be. You know, it's very not self trying to control ego, trying to control whatever terminology you want to, you want to use for it. So, and I know that, and I feel that that interference has something specifically to do um, with this, this gate. Uh, I looked at a few different things in this chapter and I've underlined a bunch of different things over time. Um, one of the, you know, most interesting things is just like around the fractal and the nature of the fractal. Um, and basically, just to give a definition from Gene Keys, he says, Richard Rudd says, the term fractal refers to a phenomenon found in natural systems whereby patterns are found to endlessly repeat themselves holographically. And um, the term human fractal is an extension of this notion to human relationships, referring to the web of invisible patterns that bind certain groups of people together. And and he goes on to say that people specifically with this key tend to have even more karmic relationships than your average. Whereas we all have karmic relationships, we all have our own fractal. But when um, the focus or attention is on the relationships, there may be instances where people are who have the 44, you know, they'll get, and everyone does this to a greater or lesser degree, again, getting into relationships and leaving the relationships, but finding the exact same energy in the next relationship that you go into. So it's like you're kind of constantly meeting the same energy that you need to utilize to integrate the shadow, utilize to integrate parts of yourself that you haven't accepted yet, utilize to integrate um, lessons that you need to learn in this lifetime in order to feel more whole within yourself. And, you know, most often we use our relationships in order to do this because <laughs> they're the fastest way to do it. Um, you, you know, being alone is wonderful, but like, you're not going to get um, the rapidity of just evolution that you get when you're in a relay or a relational dynamic with someone else. Um, because they will immediately show you certain things about yourself that you may not be able to see on your own. And so um, for this key, he says that those closest to you 
hold the basically hold the secret to your destiny um, and your higher life purpose. And so for people with this key, I think this is true. I was saying to Laura earlier, and our dear friend Donna Lynn always says that life is um, a Xerox copy of what's going on internally. Um, I think the lesson here with the 44 is just that, you know, everything that's happening outside of you, everyone's a part of your subtle body. There's nothing that's happening outside of you that's not a part of you. And the subconscious is, you know, is, is deep and dark and wide. Um, and, and so even though a lot of times it feels like, oh, like, let's point the finger at this other person as to be the cause of my stress or anxiety or issue or whatever, ultimately the, the, the not the problem, but the, the problem and the solution all begin and end internally. So within you. And, you know, I had a moment today where I've just been like listening to things um, from uh, Guru Jagat, may she rest in peace and feel good. And like both of them were talking about relationships and how basically like, you know, we think that we want something, but like our subconscious mind is actually going to be the thing that decides whether or not we actually want it. Because ultimately what our conscious mind wants and what our subconscious mind wants are not always in alignment. And when those two things aren't in alignment, the subconscious mind is going to win out and you're going to feel egoically like you're not getting what you want, but like ultimately the higher self, the soul, um, the self and human design, there's, you know, it's giving you exactly what it is that you need. Um, whether or not you will kind of admit that to yourself. And so this is, this is just some things that I've learned during the transit of the 44. Um, and I just think it's interesting that I'm really thinking about relationships and relating and understanding that if you want your relationships to change externally, like you have to do the work internally first. And tough pills to swallow <laughs> because it's easy to be like this person's not doing this like and so like you know feeling like a victim to it all but that's not um you know if we're really really being responsible and if we're really really being sovereign then we know that we have to change our attitudes our beliefs our internal paradigms before we're able to um to do anything with another person that actually is holding space for the, uh, you know, the, just the nuance of their soul. Can you minimize this? Thank you. Um, something else that he says is that, you know, I was talking before about how, um, you know, you have a fractal and there's this quality, one of the, the, um, the shadows of it is interference and uh, something that he talks about in the chapter is just that uh, if we're looking at the human um, relational system as a whole, we're not just looking at like one person, if there's something chaotic that's happening within that, um, it's basically, it's like the system is using the chaos in order to diagnose the problem. So it's like, it's like when you get sick or when you have pain, that chaos that's brought or that feeling of pain that's brought to you is you is being used by your body to give you access to being able to fix a problem. And so it, it's in a way, a, a, just a way to be more um, accepting 
if life's acting chaotically because it's essentially showing us um my internet's unstable it's essentially showing us that um that there's something going on that we need to look at you know if there's any type of commotion like there's it's bringing something to the surface that can be released um so so those those are some things that i've been i've been thinking about from the chapter the repressive nature is distrustful and what happens with people like this is that they have one relationship that went terribly wrong and then they don't trust anyone ever again <laughs> naturally um and and they keep people at arm's length because even if you can't tell right off the bat that you're at arm's length with someone it's like they're they they're there they're present physically present but they're not willing to go intimately into a relational dynamic into a relay with you they're not willing to actually get vulnerable and so people with the 44 who are acting in the repressive um side they tend to you know again these both both repressive and reactive are going to find themselves in the same relationships the same types of people um and then the misjudging side is like we're talking about the 44 being able to smell a rat like if your 44 isn't functioning or is functioning from the shadow you can't smell a rat or you think you're smelling a rat and it's not really a rat one of the things that i forgot to mention was just that with covid because i guess it's been sec it's been another sweep of it going around everywhere um with covid a lot of people lose their sense of smell and like laura was saying your sense of smell is so important it allows you to feel safe if you don't have your sense of smell, you can't actually feel safe. You can actually make decisions of what to eat that are, you know, food that are spoiled, not good, you know, any of that kind of thing. Um, and with the 44 functioning um, improperly, you're going to have instances where you, you can't smell anything, or if you are smelling something, it's not correct. So, so those are some things about the shadow. Do you want to add anything in before I go on? Yeah, um, if you related to human design with that energy, if you have 44 in an undefined spleen, you, there is like the whole amplification distortion energy that happens when you have a gate in an undefined center, because when it gets a plug, whether with another person or with the transit, it'll, um, just distort itself and so this misjudging energy is a piece of it because these people um will hold on to everything that's wrong for them instead of being able to smell exactly what's correct their sense of smell is so distorted that they will get rid of everything that's actually correct for themselves whether in terms of like taking care of their body health wise uh, or relationships or whatever it is and they'll hold on to everything that's wrong and so i'm like these poor people <laughs> poor people with only 44 and not a defined spleen, at least like within a defined spleen, there is that instinctive awareness that's going to help them discern what is correct or incorrect to hold on to. Um, and then also within the shadow and the contemplation, Richard Red talks about how with hierarchy being the dilemma, there's this energy of giving your power away to others uh, or perceiving that other people who are higher up, oh, because they're higher up, they should be trusted or they should be uh, listened to. And so we'll give them authority over what's correct for us instead of listening to ourselves. Um, and so there's, he talks about hierarchy and how he believes that eventually there will come a time where everyone has free reign in whatever position that they're in along the, the ladder of positioning. 
um, you know, instead of people at the top having the most say and people at the bottom not getting any say, it's like everyone's equal wherever it is on this ladder, quote unquote ladder of success, because it's an equal plane, it's equal footing. Um, and so within that, there's this energy of, you know, allowing yourself to have free reign of your own decisions and not giving away your power to anyone else, um, which I think is important. And this kind of goes into teamwork, uh, which I guess I will talk about, but something that is always really interesting was like this, this interference. Yes, there's like interference with external people and external situations, but there's also interference with yourself of like not listening to your strategy and authority, not doing things that are correct for you, going against yourself. And that leads to this like interference with your life, with your correct trajectory, with whatever it is that you're supposed to experience. When we give the power to our mind, which is fascinating that the programming partner is in 24 and it's like this obsessive mental energy. When we give power to that, we dissociate from like actually being able to plug into what's correct for us in an instinctive way, if that's, you know, your authority. Um, but then this goes into teamwork when you get into the, when you embrace the shadow and release the gift, you get into this state where your body is in teamwork with itself, where your the different aspects of yourself, your mental self, your emotional self, your physical self, all work in harmony with one another to bring about the correct experience for you. So I thought that was interesting. Like first the work is on the inside. And then when you're in teamwork with yourself, can you be in teamwork with other people? Then can you get on the right fractal and meet whoever it is that you're supposed to meet and have the right interactions that you're supposed to have and get to wherever it is that you're supposed to go. But you know, like Sarah said, even earlier at the beginning of this, like it all starts within yourself with relationships or whatever it else, like the work starts here and then life will Xerox it out for you. So, but that kind of carries us into the the gift so go ahead Sarah yeah, no, I, lo I love that because it, it really does like your body is is a bunch of different systems and cells working together and so like the first the first aspect of teamwork that you have is like you working for you right you not letting the complicated not self the complicated complexes the complicated commotional mind get in the way of you actually having an experience where you're aligned from every aspect of you is able to move forward in an action oriented way um in a like natural way that's just correct and um and i think yeah that's an important thing to note because it does it the the gene key is about synergy it's about teamwork right it's about relationships but the first relationship has to be established or else no other relationship can exist and so, you know, again, to go back to just like internal feel good said um, that the, the ego sees out through the eyes and the um, soul sees in. And so it's like, there's this quality of when we're in ourselves, like we're not looking externally for, for things, but we are able to sense them inside, uh, which actually makes me, which, which brings me to the next point, which is that the 44th gift, this is what Richard Rudd says, can smell its own higher incarnation and life purpose in those around it. So like the theory is that we're all connected to each other, that we were all from the same three fractal lines um, that began everything in the very beginning of the universe. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, when we're around people that are correct for us that are on our fractal it's like we're not just seeing them we're seeing that like our own higher selves in them and that's why 
again, this has so much to do with relationships because it's, there's the yin and the yang and there's this like this boundary dance that needs to happen, the self and the other in order for teamwork to be able to exist at all because otherwise you're not doing what's best for you. We talk about, we've talked about this in other keys. If you're not doing what's best for you, the whole can't, um, can't benefit from your correctness in your own behavior. Uh, and then it says to, when you meet someone for the first time and they seem familiar to you, it's because their vehicle belongs on your fractal line. And so again, it's like this process of self-discovery through the other. And so I think that it's just funny, everything that I've been learning about lately, because it feels very much like I've had to let go of obsessing over what other people are thinking, doing, feeling, sensing, whatever. And just remember that like, I have to, during the 44, I've remembered that like, I have to think about everything that's going on with me and be correct internally within myself before anything else can happen. Um, and then synergy, or do you want to say anything about the yeah, gift? Just in response to that, this gate is much more gentle than the preponderance of the great last week when I was like, doom and gloom, we're all dying. So it's a much nice, like we still have that. I think Mercury is still in 28. But yeah. it's amazing how much the sun's position in any gate can affect us so deeply and profoundly and like affect what we're thinking about and what we're perceiving in the world around us to validate what Sarah said, even like at the very beginning of this recording. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. much nicer, so much more yeah. gentle. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it is, it is in a sense, but like all in a sense, like, no, because like, if you can't get your relationship with yourself right, everything's. Well, yeah but I'm French it's, it's <laughs> nicer on me personally yeah, it's nicer I, I did not fare well with 28 well no because like if you're if you're dealing with somebody who has the 44 they're blaming everything on everyone else and playing victim all the time if they're in shadow like it is in, in none of the relationships are working in synergy they're not working he calls it the um return of the queendom because in um like in uh beehives and ant farms ant colonies things like that there's a queen who's like functioning and like is kind of like the, it's the hive mind it's where everything's all connected and so if there's one little ant over here who's like i'm in charge it's up to me to do everything it's gonna create chaos and the other ants are gonna throw them out and be like okay like you're you need to go figure out yourself <laughs> before you and, and get back in line with your fractal before you're able to be here because we're all working together in order to follow what the queen knows is best um in this hive mind energy but yeah i didn't actually i didn't really circle or underline or take too many notes about um the um the city except for that it has to do with the queendom and this like just correctness of energy that like everything is working together in harmony internally but then also within all of the relationships and like when that is when that's turned on it's like that's an almost like a good infection a good virus that like moves through the entire fractal line um but you know most of us are are not in the city state of it so <laughs> that's um, yeah. I noticed that I don't like mentally fixate on the cities either uh, just because they're, you know, they happen when they happen. 
whether or not we try to make them happen or not it's just like from an enlightened state um but yeah I don't mentally fixate on it but like story time what you said about like ants and hives and queens uh, my sister told me a story about she was like watching up I think you froze I'm the wait oh there you're not frozen okay just making sure uh she told me a story about a typical a type of butterfly that she was like watching a documentary on and this butterfly uh that the caterpillar that turns into the butterfly will give off a certain smell that smells like ant and so it goes into an ant colony and it puts off the smell of being the queen of the ant colony and so everyone's like this is the queen we have to feed her we have to give her all this food we have to make sure she's okay and so it's like living up the high life in the ant colony uh, but then as soon as it turns into a butterfly it loses that smell and it has to book it out of there because all the ants will turn on it realizing you're not one of us who the hell are you how did you get here uh and they will kill it so the butterfly really has to book it out of the ant colony like as soon as it turns uh but yeah it's just like amazing i feel like this is like a probably whatever codon or amino acid is associated with this jinky i'm guessing the caterpillar has a lot of for it to like operate as its like own you know physiology how it functions how it gets food and nutrition through pretending to be an ant um, which is like also similar to the 26. Like it's like, oh yeah, I'm a salesman. Like I can, I can come sell you these like great cars. And they're actually like cheap, like pretend, not pretend cars, but cars with like used parts that don't function anymore. So I feel like that's this is the energy of 26 and 44 in nature. So it was cool. Um, yeah, a little fun story for you all. But I, like that. I think I'm good on the gene key. How do you feel, Sarah? Yeah, let's move on to the astrology. Okay share our screen again oh no what happened no every time i hear a little whatsapp notification i'm like waiting for like a torrent of them like um, i need to turn off my <laughs> volume i just don't have notifications on <laughs> do it this way ignore everyone until you want to pay attention to people um or don't or, or have notifications on your technology um so as we said the full moon maybe even to zoomed in the full moon lunar eclipse will be next week on november 8th what day of the week is that it is tuesday okay so we're we're seven days out um and that eclipse will be a total eclipse because it will basically be conjunct the north and south nodes um and it's going to be in gates one and two one is in Scorpio, two is in Taurus. So sun is in one, moon. Well, it's moon, Uranus, north node are in two. And then Mercury will come right direct conjunct Kazemi. Recently talked about the Venus Kazemi. Mercury will be in Kazemi with this eclipse. Uh, so Mercury's energy will be a vital piece of the equation. Um, but yeah, it'll be pretty. I think it's at 16 degrees, actually, the eclipse. Is it? I forgot. I wrote it down a while ago. I'll see if I can find it. But Sarah, you talk while I try to find the degree of the eclipse. Um, well, can you just actually scroll down a little? I didn't realize that. Oh, wait, this is in the human design chart. I didn't realize that Uranus was in the two as well. Still. Well, yeah. Isn't it? Just Uranus. double. Yeah, Uranus isn't. Well, two points. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like that two energy is so important because it's literally, literally in the I Ching and also in human design gene keys it's called the receptive it's the most feminine 
you need to surrender. You need to let go of control. You need to just float down the river key that can possibly exist. Like, I don't think there's one that's more let go of the reins and let the current take you than the two. And so like one of the biggest lessons I think that we're really facing, not facing it, I feel like that's like negatively connotated, but um, that we're really coming to is just like understanding that we're not in control. And that is not fun for your ego, not at all. Um, while, you know, interestingly, the South Node is in the one, which feels like a deep release over that the one is the opposite of the receptive. It's like the initiatory um, reactive energy of like, we're going to do this, we're going to go, we're going to, um, you know, burn our names on the side of every <laughs> street corner, we're going to do what we want to do and make ourselves known, instead of allowing the current to take us. And so there's this energy of like, I want to control, contracted, but I need to let go. And it's in Scorpio, which is a fixed sign. So it's like, there's such a need to just like, I just feel this like need to let go of control um, that has maybe been really difficult or in ways that have been really difficult for people, for me, for the collective at large. But maybe there's a little bit more um, access that we have to that let go because of the South Node, because of the eclipses supporting it with Mercury in it, involved in it. I mean, that's like a, that feels like some kind of. Did you want to keep looking at that? <laughs> it's okay. That it seems some, like some sort of like communication or conversation, um, deep conversations around this theme of, of letting go of control and, and control and receptivity. Um, Uranus is just kind of like, it's, it's going to create chaos, I think, in situations, or it's going to seemingly uh, create chaos, right? If you're in the not-self mind, it's like, we're going to show you situations over and over and over and over again that you don't have control, and like, you might not like it if you've been thinking that you have control and you haven't caught the, the, the vibe yet that you don't. And so I feel like, you know, with the South Node um, partial solar eclipse that we had, there was a sense of all right, we got to clear out some stuff. And now it's like, okay, and like, we're going to show you how to, and when I say we, I mean, it's like the, 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 the royal we, um, the queen, the queen, the queendom we, um, we're going to show you how you can reorient your life in a way that's more receptive, that's more um, in flow. Uh, and yeah, if you're trying to not do that, it just simply is not going to work. So there's that. And then I said this before to Laura, last exclamation point on the Saturn Uranus square. So it's like structures versus this need to evolve um, coming at to a very dynamic um, at a degree. We've been dealing with it since 2021. It's nothing new for us, but now we're going to be finally out of it as Saturn moves finally through Aquarius um, and into Pisces, we're not going to see this energy come back probably for about seven years until Saturn makes another. Um, is it going to be a square? No, it's going to be an opposition. No, it's going to be a conjunction until um, Saturn makes a conjunction with Uranus. So the Saturn Uranus cycle, most Saturn cycles are around seven years. 
um, give or take, but, um, but, but there's that and, and, and Jupiter into Pisces, which it went into Pisces at the end of October, but we've now had it there for a little while. Feels very, it feels very much, Laura can comment on this, like, like overindulging at a party. <laughs> How funny you say that. Yeah, shocking. Not at all like that, actually. Yeah, very much like you don't know what your limits are and you're just in the watery mush of everything around you. I wanted to talk about Saturn and this eclipse for a second, though, from the human design perspective. Uh, also, Mars is retrograde as of a couple of days ago. Um, but I'm going to share my screen again for a second um to share the human design chart so I had an aha moment so recently when we had well not recently but like since we've had these squares with Uranus and Saturn um they were for the most part Saturn was in gate 49 in the emotional solar plexus and for some of it Uranus was in I think in 24 that's when they started Woo, don't don't quote me on that but Uranus is now in gate two uh so decenter energy um, and, and I'll talk about more about the G center, but Saturn's now in 13 and 13 is part of this G center. So I think it's like highly, highly interesting that this square is happening within the G center, within our sense of direction and purpose and our quest wow. for love in life, like how fitting, but yeah. in terms of this center, uh, one and two, like these two first gene keys, uh, or the hexagrams of aching deal with the essential primordial yang and yin masculine and feminine energies um but more so than that within human design along with like this aspect of g center energy this is where magnetic monopole lives and that is the driver of your vehicle you think your brain's in charge your brain's not in charge just like it's not in charge not in charge your magnetic monopole you're which... like not in charge <laughs> but okay we have two crystals of consciousness our personality crystal has consciousness and it filters the neutrino stream and that's the voice inside your head that you think you are, who you think you think you are. Our design crystal, and that personality crystal lives above the body. It's not even in your body. It's not even a physical part of you. It's dark matter that exists outside of you, above your crown chakra. And then the design crystal lives in the pineal gland, in the Ajna center. And that too is consciousness. Your body has consciousness. It filters the neutrino stream. It has this sense of awareness being in the Ajna center. And yet that's so like the, the, there's a passenger who is, you know, watching the show, watching the life happen. There's the vehicle of the car itself. And then there's the driver and that driver lives in the magnetic monopole, which is like behind your sternum, but that's not consciousness. So if you think about your life trajectory from point A to point B of like birth to death, you have this whole life planned out you're not necessarily aware of where it is that you're going or what's going to happen because there's no consciousness in that it's a magnet that pulls life towards it it's like a force it's not a voice inside your head so when we get caught up in thinking that we know what's going to happen to us and we're trying to make it be strategic and like lay out the plans and figure life out figure out like the whole pick a yard fence and this and that uh that's that's a fallacy <laughs> like that doesn't happen in reality in reality we have our magnetic monocle which lives in the gate too so it's being heavily impacted by the north node and by uranus and by that square from saturn in 13 in how it's operating for us and giving us our actual sense of direction and where we're actually going but more so than that you know you have the magnetic monocle which is the driver 
the driver has different views it can have of whatever is happening uh when it looks like at the steering wheel and what's directly in front of it that's gate one energy when it looks through the the window through with the road that's coming ahead of it that's gate seven energy and when it looks through the rearview mirror when it's looking at the past and where it's been that's 13. so saturn which is the planet of limitation and constriction which is the planet of time and like has this very grounding heavy energy that's focused on the past that's looking through the review mirror of what has happened so far as our magnetic monopole which is carried like working with your honest right now driving the vehicle getting us to the future we're i mean the north node is in one to right the eclipse is in one there is this energy of being in the present moment looking at the past but there's no looking out the front view mirror like we're not looking at the future where we're going we're rooted in the present moment and we're reflecting on what has happened and that's the energy of this eclipse and so you can reflect back but you can't change the past i mean you can with hypnotherapy but you can't change the past from where you're sitting right now you can do that with consciousness um but that's kind of like how I'm seeing this energy. So I think it's just super fascinating that this square is happening within the G center itself. If you have an undefined G center, like your girls here, stop trying to figure out what your life is about and where you're going because you don't have any control over it. Life will come meet you where you are and give you exactly what you need when you need it. But there's no going out after your life. Kind of like the two astrologers, <laughs> like undefined G people become astrologers because we're like, stars, tell me what to do with my life. Tell me how to figure out my life and find the perfect relationship, yada, yada, yada. Tell me what career to have. Like, no, it's not going to come from your mind. It's going to come from experience and like life bumping into you or giving you opportunities, this and that. And so if you have an undefined G-Center, realize that you don't have to have it all planned out and it's okay. If you have a defined G-Center, then you have your own mechanism for knowing what's correct for you and where to go and what type of love you want to have and this and that. But anyways, it's, it's a big fun energy. I think it's much more fun. I mean, I say I think everything's fun, but it's much more fun than the previous eclipse, which was doom and gloom in my book. So I'm liking this, you know, let's just see where the wind takes us. I like to think of the Indefined G Center as a sailboat in the middle of the ocean, except there's no wind. And so you're like, hmm, like I don't have an engine. I can't get anywhere. And yet, like I don't have a map of the stars. I could try to figure out where I'm going, but really like there's a jillion different options because we can go in whole 360 different degrees of direction and you just have to you can't even you have to wait for the wind to like pick up for you to be able to kick out your sail and use the wind to get to point a or point b uh and it's the wind that's going to take you there it's not your own doing so that's just my my little spiel on the g center when it's undefined um so yeah embrace your inner sailboat people <laughs> embrace it but yeah back to astrology we also have mars going retrograde which is now retrograde and it's going to be here for a while uh i forgot my dates i feel like last time we mentioned dates one is i think january something so when it goes it's direct january time. something that it goes direct but then it stays in it stays so in it stays in gemini for a while longer we didn't cover the gates. I'll cover the gates quickly right now. So Mars is in gate 12. It's going to retrograde through 12, back into 45, back into 35. And in 16, it's going to go direct. So it's going over four gates. We talked about how Jupiter is like now in Pisces. The cusp of Pisces Aries isn't within one gate, gate 25. So Jupiter didn't change gates recently. It's still in the same gate, but it just changed signs. 
And so Jupiter's retrograde is only two signs, 25 and 17, 17 and 25. Mars is slightly more. If you're looking at like, if you're going to be personally impacted by this retrograde, i.e. if you have any of these gates or any of the harmonic gates for these channels. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little anybody spiel on Mars. I don't know if you want to talk more about it. I feel like we covered it heavily last week. Yeah, we talked a lot about Mars retrograde. I don't know if I have anything. I mean, the one thing I just want to say is like Jupiter, Neptune vibes of just there's this quality of being, you know, there's a quality of maybe not being able to fully see properly. Um which isn't a bad thing. It, it could be a good thing because maybe your sight has been really messed up lately and you, and now you have kind of a respite from seeing things the way that you were seeing them before. Um, but yeah, there is this Neptunian fog that's being amplified by the Jupiter energy. And so I just think that's something, you know, that's going to be a part of the backdrop until I believe it's December 20th when Jupiter goes direct and even then still but um but yeah this this Jupiter Neptune energy is something to also just you know take note of pay attention to Neptune's in 36 Jupiter's in 25 so they're not in the same gate but um astrologically there is some significance to them both being in Pisces at the very last you know 10 degrees of the sign um I think that's all I wanted to talk about for the astrology. Is there anything else you want to say? I don't think so. Next week, we're going to cover gates winning two in more depth because the sun will be there. So here's that. Uh, brace yourselves. Happy eclipsing. I feel like there is need to be like catchphrase that spreads throughout everyone the world. We're like, happy eclipsing. Because it sounds a bit silly. Um, but yeah, other than that, no. I think I'm, I think I'm complete. Okay, well, thank you everyone for sticking around for the entirety of our episode. I have a feeling it was, mm, I think it was shorter than last week, but a little bit longer um, than- I know, I talked about human design a lot this time, so maybe it was long. Yeah, well, it's all good in the hood. You know, our open G centers are supposed to go with the flow, so, um, or be the little boat in the middle of the ocean. Again, if you feel like we are on your fractal, very 44 um vibes uh like subscribe comment if you have any questions we both have our information below this video if you want to get a reading with either one of us or are interested in connecting for some other reason um other than that yeah we'll be back next week like laura said to talk about the one and the two in more depth and i hope that everyone has happy eclipsing happy eclipsing bye everyone <laughs>